0: Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Capler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in
1: Grace. Growing in Grace, a weekly podcast here at growingingrace.org. I'm Joel Brizeke, Mike Kapler, the Cap, he's with me, and we're going to talk about some good things that have to do with the grace of God, and we hope that you will share this podcast with other people if you feel that it's something that uh, would be worthwhile for others to hear. Pretty much uh, the way that this podcast gets spread around is through word of mouth. I think we get people searching the internet for Grace or Growing in Grace or or whatever, and they land upon our podcast that way too, people sharing it on Facebook, Twitter, or whatever. But we do thank you for not only taking the time to listen, but also taking the time to share it with somebody who uh, could use some good news.
0: And we can all use some of that, I think. And they can subscribe too, right? I mean, uh, they can always go weekly to growingandgrace.org, but Mm -hmm. they can be notified when the programs are posted, right? Right,
1: yeah. If you go to growingandgrace.org, there is a place there that shows you how you can subscribe. You can either get it in your email every week, or if you have like a a feed reader, like some people do, it'll show up in your feed reader. Whenever there's a new podcast, you can do it through iTunes. And so it'll update weekly in your iTunes application. There's just uh, all kinds of ways that you can use that subscription feature. So uh, yeah, do that. At uh, again at growingandgrace.org, and uh, again, share it with people. And you know, good news is what it's all about. Christ came (laughs) as the angels declared when Christ was born glad tidings, you know, good news for all people. That's what Christ came for. He came for good news. But unfortunately, in the church today, there's uh, a lot of bad news being preached, a lot of people feeling bad about themselves when God sent Christ so that we could feel good about ourselves. And I'm not talking about some just ooey gooey feel-good message. It's not just about that, but it's about the fact that God really does. And he, he never did stop loving mankind. Yes, there was the fall in the garden. Adam and Eve fell. You know, sin entered the world and death because of sin. And that problem needed to be fixed. And God did fixed that problem through the sending of Jesus Christ. But the reason he fixed the problem was because a verse that you shared last week, Cap, the first part of it, God so loved the world. God loves you. God loved you so much that he sent his son, and uh, he sent his son as uh, good news. And so if you're hearing stuff about Jesus Christ, whether it's in a church, uh, whether it's in some sort of fellowship gathering, or radio program, or whatever you're doing, and, it's, and if you're hearing a bad news message, that's not Christ, because uh, Christ is all about good news for all of us.
0: Yeah, so when, when things are going wrong for you, or you feel like you're doing the wrong thing, you've made a big mistake you you fell into a some sort of a big blunder with sin of some kind listen to the past couple of programs we we talked about some of these things regarding condemnation and who we are in Christ but I think just to reiterate something here forgiveness has already been bought that was kind of the crux of our last uh, program and a half or so last couple program forgiveness has been dealt with It it was that way at the cross so Really, God, in a sense, he he stopped forgiving at that point because forgiveness was no longer needed. It had already been extended to us and it was accomplished at the cross through that completed work. And so, we're we're thank goodness, we're not in the Garden of Eden anymore. We're not at Mount Sinai anymore. We are under a new and better covenant where those things have been dealt with. So, if you've been in a performance-based Christianity, what do you do? What do I do? Because the normal reaction would be to somehow come before God and and ask for forgiveness ask for something that's already been given and look what it really comes down to is understanding your identity in him Every everything else in the Christian life revolves around this truth that you are a brand new creation and you have taken on in your inner, inner man in, in your spirit you have taken on the very qualities that God himself has We have been made his righteousness, and we've mentioned this before. We're talking about identity on this podcast, but there's really just a list of dozens, if not over a 100 identity verses uh, describing you in Christ in a positive way, being holy, being blameless, and so on. But the very righteousness of God, that's who we are now in Christ as believers. And so part of the job of the Holy Spirit and this is something I, I didn't understand for a long time either, Joel. And the main reason was, I never heard anybody tell me before <laughs> in years of Christianity. But the part of the Holy Spirit's job, if I can use that phrase, his job, his job, <laughs> is to remind us that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. I mean, he's there to convict us of that. He's not there to convict you of sin uh, as as a believer. He's there to... To remind you that when you when you mess up and, and you, you had a a, a problem that, that is bothering you that you know you because of some sort of sinful action or whatever, uh, the Spirit of God is there saying, "So okay, just move forward." A reminder that you're forgiven. A reminder that you're the righteousness of God. And when we get meditated and focused on who we really are, because what we do doesn't always line up with who we are. But if we get uh, a greater understanding and grow in our identity of who God has already made us to be, then we can um, we can move forward, and chances are good that as we grow in that identity and our understanding of it, that the fruit of the Spirit is is going to become more evident and manifest itself more in our lives.
1: Yes, yeah, I- identity, you know who we really are, who, like you said, who God has already made us to be. That is so important to grasp. It's so important to know and to understand, you know, because like you said, we are the righteousness of God. That's what God has done. He took our old life in Adam, the old sinful nature, did away with it, crucified it on the cross with Jesus Christ, and we were raised together with him as the righteousness of God. Those aren't just my words. Those are the words of the Apostle Paul, Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us so that we... Might become the righteousness of God. And if we are the righteousness of God, there is no condemnation. Because there's no condemnation for righteousness. You know, if we've been made the righteousness of God, then there's no way that we can be condemned. And so either we're righteous by our own works, which none of us could ever be or we're righteous by the gift that God has given us, and that is the righteousness that we have. The Holy Spirit knows that about us. Even when we sin, even when we mess up, God knows what he has done for us. He knows who he has made us to be, and so he, uh, through the Holy Spirit, reminds us that we have been made righteous, and uh, we'll hear others condemning us. We'll even self condemn we'll condemn ourselves and really what we're doing when we accept the condemnation of others by feeling down about ourselves when others condemn us or when we condemn ourselves through our self talk through what you know the things that we say about ourselves you know really we're not following what the holy spirit really is telling us uh, because he's telling us that there is no condemnation you've been made righteous you've been made the righteousness of god in christ jesus And you can move on from that point because it's so hard if you're feeling guilty and condemned. It's so hard to want to even walk as the person that you are. And so uh, let the Holy Spirit do that in you. Let him remind you of your righteousness, which is God's righteousness as a gift to you.
0: Right. Absolutely. And so we, we move forward now because you, you mentioned something a minute ago, Joel, about sometimes other people will try to put condemnation on you. It's tough enough to you know, fight the challenge of, of self-condemnation, but when others are trying to do it because you're not doing enough or whatever, whatever the reason might be, or you know, condemning you for your own actions or, or you know being slothful or whatever, there's somebody always going to tell you you're not doing enough. And then you start to feel guilty, and so you give in, and, and you know, I got to do this and I got to do that. That ought not to be how the Christian life is. I mean, because here's the thing because people are always asking, well, gee, can I just go out and do whatever I want? Um, suppose that as you grow in your identity that we're talking about here, suppose that what you want changes <laughs> because yeah. of God in you. Sometimes what you want will, will change. And, uh, It should, because once you begin to understand the type of person that God has already made you to be in Christ, which is like him, by the way, once you begin to realize that and grow in it, uh, it just becomes a a part of every facet of who you are and what you do. And I'm not saying that you're just going to be Superman or Superwoman for God all of a sudden. You're free to, to make choices, and if you don't feel like doing something, you don't do it. If you do, you do. I I guess I'm not encouraging you to do the wrong thing, so don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. I'm just saying that there are times where somebody's trying to get you to do uh, some extra work at church or it could be a lot of different things. But if you're not up for that, you don't have to do it. On the other side of the coin, I think there's a lot of people out there who have given in to volunteer and, and work hard and and do things, sometimes to try to establish their own righteousness, Joel, but mm-hmm. uh, other times they just feel guilty if they don't because somebody's making them feel that way. I'm just saying, when it, when it comes down to it, there's a lot of people who change what they want, and when that happens, suddenly what used to be a burden and suddenly what you felt like you were required to do or obligated to do suddenly it becomes more of a get-to. If it's a command and somebody's trying to force you into something, it's really not a whole lot of fun. But when you get to do it based on your decision to do it, then it becomes a a thing that can really kind of be a joyous thing.
1: Yeah, that's that's so important for people to know. That That's what grace will do. Grace... You know, some people are so worried that grace is going to cause people to go out and sin. It's going to cause people to be sloppy. It's going to cause people to be slothful and and just not do anything. But grace really does change. It, grace will give you a whole new set of motivations and wants and desires that that law and that requirements and obligations could never give you because. Law, rules, requirements, obligations, they never motivate you to actually want to do those things. You know, the law has no power to help a person to do what it requires. Whereas grace not only gives you the motivations and the wants and desires to be who you are in Christ, but it is also the power. It's the source of all of that. And so if you're feeling... Self-condemned or you're if you're feeling condemned or guilty for any reason, like I was saying earlier, it's hard to get motivated to want to do the right thing and and that's unfortunately what goes on in a lot of the church. I think that they might have often good motivations as far as they want to help people to do what's right, but unfortunately it's the wrong way. They're trying through law and rules and obligations that have no power to uh, make a person want and desire to do what's right and doesn't have the power to do all that stuff, whereas grace will do that. God's grace, his very life in us, will change our motivations, wants, and desires, and is the power to get it done.
0: Well, so look, uh, there's a new phrase out there called grace that some people are using because they're afraid that too much grace might not be a good thing. So what is this hyper-grace all about? Well, we'll talk about it from a legalist perspective next time on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various Internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.